So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Uh, still joined on the other end of the Skype line by Shan Ambrose. And it's great for us to welcome onto a program again uh, Father Chris O'Donnell from, I think you're based in Kamalik at this stage. Good morning, Father Chris. Good morning. How are you doing? We're good. Thanks a lot for taking time out. I know you're very busy. Father Chris uh, has very graciously said he'd stay with us for a little bit this morning to help us to in these last few days before Christmas, this last Sunday in Advent, maybe to take a few thoughts forward with us. I don't know which one of you would like to start. Father Chris, would you like to throw in a few thoughts and maybe where you might want to, where your thoughts might be on this, the fourth Sunday in Advent? Yeah, the fourth Sunday in Advent, I suppose, on the Advent wreath, we're lighting what we call the candle of love. So, Inevitably, as we're working our way towards Christmas, love is more to the fore. Also this week, the fourth week of Advent, the focus tends to turn to Our Lady a bit as well. So there's lots to think about. And then the Gospel of of the day reminds us of, of the great name that this this child is to be given, the name Emmanuel, which uh, is, I suppose, the essence of everything. It's the source of all our hope because it's not just the name, it's a promise. It means God is with us. So you could unpack that forever. So I suppose there's great hope and love uh, in in the readings and in the week as we kind of work our way towards Christmas. I suppose some some people, Father Chris, maybe some of our listeners even, uh, might have found um, Lent, uh, sorry, Advent a little bit long in terms of, I suppose, it's human nature, that they want to get to Christmas Day fast, quick. Yeah. But I suppose it's, yeah. it's important for us to take those four weeks and those thoughts that are given to us by in the readings of the church and so on and so forth. Would that be right? Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I, of course, uh, people want Christmas to come quickly. For, for lots, not for all, sadly. For some people, Christmas is a time of year they dread and and yet there's hope for everyone in, in the Christmas message, especially those who are struggling with it. But I know for me, I'd prefer if there was an extra week in Advent because I always feel it just all seems to come too quickly. And the opportunity maybe to step back and take stock and all the things that Advent invites us to do, uh, I, I find for myself I, there isn't enough time in Advent to do really the, all the things that it invites you to do and embrace the fullness of it. And yet I know for others, uh, they're, they're just eager to, to get to Christmas as well. So it's trying to find the balance between the two, which is always tricky. You know, it's a bit like Lent preceding Easter. We, we sometimes rush through the season to get to the high point, whereas there's a gift in and of the season itself, you know. So again, trying to find that balance is always tricky. And Shane, would you have any thoughts on that in terms of, you know, people trying to rush through, get to Christmas Day? <clears throat> well, I suppose um, it's the point that we have we have made uh, since the start of the Advent season on the programme is, of course, that we really need actually to experience Advent. Um, and we really need to carve it out in our lives, I think, myself, because otherwise... It's just an, Christmas is just another day. It's a whole pile of pandemonium beforehand, and then you're on the day, and suddenly it's over. And I, for me, I think that's something that um, 
you know, the, the, the liturgical calendar in itself, there's great depths and beauty to it in terms of how it leads us in to celebrating these great feasts. And I think for me, I suppose one of the reminders that we have to have is Christmas is a Christian feast. It's, the, it's Christ Mass. It's the celebration of Christ's birth. And for us, I suppose, we, just, we need to remember and remind ourselves that Advent is a season of preparation. Now, it doesn't have the full penitential weight of Lent, <clears throat> but it's an opportunity for us to carve out moments, uh, or to try and carve out moments, of um, reflection uh, as we as and as we kind of head into the busyness, I suppose, of of Christmas. And that's not to say you don't get ready. You know, that's not to be humbug and Scrooge about it and say, well, you know, if the Christmas concert is on, you go to the Christmas concert. Or if the kids are doing the nativity play at school, you go to the nativity play at school. But the idea, I suppose, for me is that Advent is very much a season in its own right. Like I was having this conversation with someone the other day and I was, you know, and we were, I was just saying to him, well, you know, Christmas technically starts on Christmas Eve. And it finishes, I said, <clears throat> generally around the 11th of January, which is the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. And he was kind of going, all right. And I said, did you ever wonder where the 12 days of Christmas came from? I said, that's Christmas Eve to, to Little Christmas, the 6th of January. And suddenly you could see you know, light bulbs going off as something was explained that we've kind of taken for assumption, taken that people would know. And I suppose it's a reminder to us and something that we need to say again and rediscover again that to, we can't assume that people speak the language of tradition and culture as once we expected them to. <clears throat> and so for me, Advent is that opportunity to explore that, to make space for that, and to say to people, don't be in such a rush. Look, we live in a world today where there's a huge focus on mindfulness and meditation and taking time out. And I'm kind of saying, well, do you know what? That's what Advent's for. You know, the beauty of the liturgical calendar is that it's a preparation season to be able to celebrate the feast of Christmas. And it's like, it's like Easter, you know, um, when you're a child... <clears throat> and you do your Lent, and you give up your sweets. There's nothing as nice as that first chocolate you take on Easter Sunday morning, probably before your breakfast, and your parents are saying you shouldn't be having any chocolate. You know, it's, 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 that like, it's like that trying to experience that sense of wonder, or trying to create space to experience that sense of wonder. Because I suppose, you know, um, Pope Francis wrote a letter about the, uh, about the crib, <clears throat> and about you know how it is an enchanting image is the term that's used, um, and it never ceases to arouse wonder and amazement. But you see, if you don't pause for yourself to be able to experience that wonder and amazement, you're not going to be able to have it. Yeah, and Father Chris, you know. Um... One of the things that we've spoke about here in the programme too, and maybe you might want to comment on that too, is the importance and the wonder of the readings that we hear during Advent. Those readings which include prophecies from hundreds of years ago and it's come and it'll be coming through on Christmas Day. The importance just of taking in and listening to the readings during this time, especially the Sundays. Would you agree with that, Father Chris? Well, yeah, I would, of course, uh, because I suppose they're, they're specially chosen and 
I suppose the great prophets of Advent would be readings from Isaiah and reference and readings around John the Baptist. You know, so they're all there to help us. But sometimes we need help to to see that and unpack that. You know, uh, often maybe we we can find ourselves at masses and the readings might wash over us. And like I know for me, I, I'm no scripture scholar, but it's always great when, when someone can unpack something and say, do you know what Isaiah mm. was kind of speaking to here and so on. So there's a lot of richness as always mm. in the word of God. But sadly, often we may not be uh, as open to it or may not have the insights needed to, to, to mine the, the 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 depths of that richness sometimes, but yeah, Advent the readings will tend towards Isaiah and and creating a, I suppose a, a kingdom and banquets of hope and then again John the Baptist reminding us to to kind of uh, to awaken uh, to be awake to be alert like Shane said there's opportunities to be mindful and to reflect and so on and. I suppose awakening is always important. I think it was John O'Donoghue who talks about that we don't actually pass on faith. We do in theory, but he always says, you don't pass it on, you awaken, because actually there is a faith, there's some a spark of the divine in each of us, mm-hmm. and actually it's in the awakening of that that faith grows and blossoms. So yes, we do as parents and friends and people pass on faith, but the real goal is to awaken. And then if you listen to the cry of, of of Advent, it is, you know, be alert and be awake and awaken to what's around us and within us. So the readings do offer great richness, but I'd often lament in myself, uh, sometimes you need to sit with them. Sometimes at Mass we might be as attentive to the readings as, as we should be. And also I'd lament that sometimes I don't have the, the I suppose the, the scripture experience and the wisdom of a scripture scholar who can uh, point various glimmers of, of meaning that I would often <clears throat> overlook. You know, mm. so there's a lot there if we could uh, have the eyes and the ears to see and hear it. Definitely, I would I would agree with that. That I suppose sometimes the the imagery and the texts that we encounter during the Advent season can be overwhelming. And as well as that, as as Chris said at the top, you know, each week has a particular focus, you know, so and it's it's trying to understand and get the opportunity to understand that. Like, as you said, last week was it was John the Baptist. This week is very much Isaiah and the, the role of Mary. And <clears throat> again, being able to get that time and space is so difficult and understanding. And I suppose what I would say as well to that is that sometimes we need to kind of um approach it with a bit more bite-sized chunks. <clears throat> so I, for me, I think there, there, there's two ways of approaching it. Like uh, there was a great online um, drive this Advent. I, I don't know where it started or where it came from, but it, it seemed to come up for, on my Facebook quite a lot, where people were being encouraged to read one chapter of Luke every day from the start of Advent to Christmas Eve. And it was, it would, that's 24 chapters. So you'd have a chapter a day and you'd finish Luke's gospel on Christmas Eve. And I said, yeah, it's a great thing. But again, you know, not the easiest thing for people to do sometimes. And when you are reading scripture, as Chris said, sometimes you do need something or someone to be able to guide you on it. Um, And particularly the prophets. Isaiah 
has beautiful imagery. And the interesting thing is we use Isaiah both at Christmas when we talk about, you know, Emmanuel and the, the virgin will conceive and bear a child who will be God with us. And that beautiful, you know, um, that, that beautiful prophecy from Isaiah, which Handel put into the Messiah. But the other side of it is we also have Isaiah at Easter and the, the, at, 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 at Good Friday, where Isaiah talks about, see the one you have crucified. You know, you have, uh, uh, you've pierced his side and you've counted every one of his bones, the suffering servant. So, you know, Isaiah is one of the prophets that we very much associate with Christ. But for me, I think as well, if you wanted, um, if you wanted a bite-sized chunk that was manageable, and easy to digest uh, and to give yourself maybe 10 minutes leading up to Christmas. We mentioned them last week on the program when, when, on, when we had the bishop on, which was Gaudete Sunday, which, of course, is the O antiphons. <clears throat> and those beautiful antiphons, now, they're the antiphons which accompany the divine office, but there's, there's, they run from the 16th to the 24th. There's eight of them. And, of course, they make up the great hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. But they are bite-sized chunks which provide reflection from across Old and New Testament to allow people something to meditate. And there is wonderful online meditations, particularly for people that are in that space, that are you know, on, in the online space. There are wonderful online meditations across many platforms. And even ourselves on Sacred Space, we, we, used, we, have, um, we have about six or seven years of archive of, of, of the antiphons as well. And as Chris said, you know, scripture can be challenging, but if you can approach it in little bite-sized little appro- approaches, and you know, it, it's like anything. If you start with it small, go bit by bit, then the, the immensity of it doesn't seem so much. It's like when you're climbing Croke Patrick, <clears throat> you don't look at the mountain. You take it one step at a time, um, you know, so that you can eventually get to the top and appreciate the view. And I suppose for, for on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we only have a couple of days left. And I suppose the fourth Sunday of Advent is one of those days where... Um, the fourth week of Advent, I should say. It can be quite long or short. It depends when Christmas falls. Uh, this year, we've got that extra few days. You have the 22nd, the 23rd, and the 24th. So you have three days. And maybe, you know, to look at things and say, you know, maybe, Chris, things like try and get to confession. You know, uh, take that 20 minutes. You know, in Limerick, we have a great tradition with the, the fathers in Mount St. Alphonsus, in the Augustinians on O'Connell Street. Um, well, we don't have the Franciscans, the Dominicans anymore. Or even in your home parish, um, you know, that, that opportunity to think about what gift will I give the Christ child? What will I do for the babe of Bethlehem? Father Chris, would you like to, uh, to offer a few more little thoughts maybe there on just these last few days of Advent? Yeah, no, exactly to be honest, what Shane says is very important. Every season provides us with an opportunity. And I suppose the, the goal is to see how we can take that opportunity and make the most of it. So, like the suggestions Shane made are, are very good. Where can you find time, be it maybe through the sacrament of confession or, or visiting a crib and, you know, just finding a bit of space is always good. Uh, but I always, I'd come back to, to to remind people, so many people would say to, you know, to me, and we've heard it all, you know, that, God, I'm just trying to get through Christmas, get over it, you know, can't wait for Christmas to be over because of various things that we carry. So there's a lot of people who dread Christmas. And I'd love if they could know that actually the Christmas message and Christmas itself 
it's nearly more for those who are downcast than the joyful. The joyful are okay. Whereas the message of Christmas is one of hope and, and specifically hope to those who are hurting. So the very people who kind of naturally wish it away because they're lonely and they're sad and they're hurting are the people that Christmas is really for, you know. And I bring them back and go, look at the name, Emmanuel. It's it's just, for me, everything comes down to that name because it's more than a name. It's it's a promise, which means it means God is with us. And like... You know, that's such a beautiful promise. It, like, And I often think about when, in that choosing of the name, parents go through various options around names and choices. And if this God chose this name purposely, it could have been a name that meant God protects you or God guards you or God defends you. But no, God knew the greatest need we have is to know that we're not alone. And so that, that name, Emmanuel, is everything to me, a name that means God is with us, no matter what, no matter where, no matter when. And for me, there's great hope in that. And it's actually especially for those who are hurting. And thanks for that, for that for Father, uh, Father Chris, because it was something that I was just going to finish up just before we finished up this second part. There's a lot of our listeners who listen to the programme who can't get out of the house and and... and it's been, you know, there's an awful lot of those who maybe used to go to mass all their lives and so on and so forth, but now through 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 health reasons or whatever they can't go. And then there's other people who are struggling maybe with their faith, and are struggling with with, with one way or the other. And I think it's a beautiful thought that you had there of using that term, Emmanuel. God is with us. God is with them. Maybe just one final word for them, Father, as they face into these three days before Christmas. Well, yeah, it, and it is so true. Like it all, the it all comes down to that name because it is it is a name and it's a promise that whatever, however you're feeling, however the year has been, wherever you stand on this journey of faith, that we'll all be taking steps forward and backwards on, and that continuum that is faith. But wherever you are, there is a God who delights in you, who loves you, who who cherishes you and is whispering to you each and every day, I am with you, no matter what, no matter where, no matter wh- uh, when. And, and I suppose that we, we have that opportunity to try and reconnect to that. And that's just probably not just good news, it, it's the best news imaginable, really. Father Chris, thank you so much for that. And at that, we might um, leave this particular section and go to for our second piece of music, which just happens to be O Come, Come, Emmanuel, and this time it's sung by Anya. So join us again in part three, where we read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel. Oh. 